yeah, 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 that happened to me. That happened to me, and they try and top your story, right? right? But you know inside your core that nobody can top your story. Here you are. Welcome to Racers Alley here at Meeting the Radio in the heart of the mission. Beautiful day out, not too hot for us in San Francisco. We were going through a heat wave these last two days. I think it got to 72 degrees. We were dying. I can't, I can't imagine how hot that is. Anyhow, we're going to have a great day here. And uh, we got Wade, uh, co-host, Subculture Racing, Mr. Boyd. And we got Milk Crate Brian going to be uh, spinning some tunes. And uh, uh, return guest, Armin Powell Croft from Croft Racing is going to be discussing uh, his last couple of racers, I believe, uh, out in the desert down south, which is wonderful. Uh, and uh, he'll be able to explain what type of vehicle he runs and what's been going on that direction. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get our stuff together here at uh, Mutiny Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Racers Alley, and we'll be back shortly. And uh, Brian's got some tunes going, and uh, hopefully you enjoy the music. How you yeah, doing, Brian? Enjoy. I'm doing great today. I got a brand new bright lime green milk crate on my KLR. Oh, yeah. Outside. Spike's looking wonderful. Yeah, Thank you. See that way? <laughs> yeah. Ooh-hoo. There you are. That's right almost on. Kawasaki green. I know. And Rob, the best part is Robbie told me not to do it. He says, look obnoxious. Don't do it. And don't do it. That made me want to do it. <laughs> no, it looks wonderful. Yeah. The, the crate brings it all together. You know, yeah. just like yeah. that carpet. And, you Anything know, that goes movie. in the city. And, and the matching lime green duct tape. Yeah. Cowie green. That's and, where uh, we yeah. put our passengers in the crate. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you find lime green duct tape? Wow. <laughs> they have it at the hardware store, surprisingly. I didn't even have to look that hard. Awesome. Right on, right on. Well, uh, we'll be back shortly. Uh, Racers Alley here at uh, Mutiny Radio. And uh, Brian, you got some tunes, yeah? Yeah, we're going to start with a little cheap trick, uh, you know, from my neck of the woods, Illinois. <laughs> right on. Judge and jury on it. 
Right on, right on. Welcome to Racers Alley uh, here at Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission. And uh, we're getting the show together. Guests are rolling on in. And uh, going to have a really nice night tonight. Uh, we got Mr. Keen here from Ridiculous Racing. And uh, Mr. Wade Boyd is a sub, uh, well, actually, Subculture Racing. Always our co-host here, DJ Brian. And uh, we're going to have Armin Powell Croft as well coming on in. And uh, one of our boys just walked in. And uh, Wade, uh, introduce us to our guest. This is Jeff. Now, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, v as in violin. Well, you know, when the cops pull you over, they go, Victor Adam Lincoln. So, nice. Victor Adam Lincoln, K-A-N-O-F-F. Falconoff. Falconoff. Well, welcome, Victor. And uh, so uh, we'll be uh, looking forward to hearing some stories. I uh, hear you have a couple here for us. And uh, so, uh, well, we're getting our stuff together here. And uh, Armin will be here shortly. And, uh, well, enjoy uh, listening to Racers Alley here at Mutiny Radio. Right now, Milk uh, Great Brian, what do we got going? Uh, we have a little gang of four lined up for you. Gang of four. Right on, right on. Cheers. Would you like a beer? <laughs>
Hello, Alex. How are you doing? Into the mind. 
This heart of stone Oh no no This heart of stone What's different about her I don't really know Right on, right on. Uh, thank you, Milkrate Brian, for uh, playing these wonderful tunes. And uh, so tonight, boy, we have a full house here. Everyone decided to just show up. And, uh, well, I should charge admission. But uh, anyhow, well, so let's start with uh, welcome, Robbie Moto Tire Guy. He Yarr. says, uh, Yar Yar is uh, part of our regular uh, uh, wrecking crew here. And uh, again, uh, we got Mr. Wade Boyd from Sobel Culture Racing as our always uh, guest, eat, uh, guest host would be the best way. Yar Yar. Zoom, zoom. How you doing? Right on. And uh, Mr. Sean Keene is showing up. He's with Ridiculous Racing. We've been mentioning him before about uh, getting him on the show and uh, letting us know about the wonderful world of the AMA Racing and what it's like to be with a top team and actually work for them and what it takes. And uh, also we have uh, Mr. Armand Powell Croft from Croft Racing will be in here shortly and uh, discussing his year of desert racing and uh, out there and uh, we'd love to hear how everything's going and the upgrades he made to his rig. And uh, Mr. Victor, you just showed up as well and uh, how you doing tonight? Not bad. Right on, right on. So what are you riding right now? I saw you just came in in a, a, a what is that, a 88? And just a little uh, Sportster, you know, a little uh, black uh, iron, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's fuel injected and it's, uh, well, I had to revamp the whole thing because you know how the brakes and suspension on those bikes, they just don't handle like a Japanese bike. So I mean, get it's off a Harley. Yeah, you get off the Japanese <laughs> bike and then you want to reform the Harley to make it handle and brake like a jet bike you know yeah so uh you actually upgraded it so it's uh more rideable yeah. through your, your style of riding yeah i put inverted forks but i wanted to keep the true dimensions of the stock forks i didn't want to you know have a shorter front end i wanted the rake to be the same so i had to find a front end that would you know adapt on there and keep the rake and the trail the same you know 
So you modified it, but you kind of yeah, modified general. it. You know, fifty-four millimeter inverted forks instead of the thirty-nine stock tubular ones, and what uh, bigger, wider triple clamps, and uh, you know, bigger front rotors, two-piece rotors. Go to the GSXR calipers, dual piston calipers. You know, up front a twin pair, so it stops. You know. So can we say sleeper? What forks did you take sleeper. those off yeah. of? Um, you know, I couldn't find any forks that were inverted by any Jap companies that were long enough, you know, to, to get it set up right. So I yeah. found a Cruiser Suzuki that had longer inverted forks, which were heavier, but they were, you know, 54 millimeter. Yeah, yeah, they're longer. I actually had to for, drop down, the drop them down. What was that? What it was a Marauder, 800 oh, Marauder. Marauder. Cool. Yeah, so... Ah. Forks and triple clamps off of 800 Marauder. And then GSXR brakes, you got four Well, I had to use SV, X, SV650. Okay. Uh, okay, now, no, no, no. See, okay, so for the Marauder, they make, uh, for those forks. They make a rack kit. No, well, no, no. Here's the deal. If you want to, if you have a stock Marauder and you want dual piston calibers up front, real good ones. Yep. Then you go to the SV650. Okay. 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 Now those bolt right on. Right. Okay. And it's a slide but caliper. The SV650 does not have better brakes than uh, you know a twin piston. Um, you know G6R front caliper is much better, and it's a forged aluminum instead of cast. So you get adapters that are made for the Marauder that you can that you can bolt S uh, the SV650. And it, in other words, they're, the adapters made for SV650 that adapt the GSXR caliper. Ooh, good choice. That's what they are. Good choice. And those bolt nice. right onto the Marauder forks, and then I have GSXR calipers. Boom. Got Ready to rock awesome. and roll and stop. Got brakes. <laughs> yep, Got exactly. Brakes are, brakes are better. Bra- you'd have to spend uh, so much money on what? What are you going to buy? PM for the Harley? If they make them anymore. Yeah, yeah. but I, they, they, you know, they, 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 I'm telling you, the Jixer calipers, you could do front end stoppies on that bike. Nice. How many Harleys can you do front end stoppies? Don't know. I haven't ridden any in a long time, I got to say. But uh, when I had one, uh, it was an S&S motor, and it just ran like a bat out of hell. But, uh, yeah, it didn't really turn well. But I love the shit out of that bike. So, Wade, how you doing, man? I'm doing really good. Yeah. What have you been up to? Getting ready to go sidecar racing at the end of the month. Ah. Um, the Batmobile showed up, so it'll be around real soon, any minute now. Neat. To our listeners, the Batmobile is a Corvette that we uh, got a few months back, and uh, it's, a, it's a, what, 1980 black? 1980 Batmobile. It's got yellow bats on it and a yellow stripe and a shiny black. Awesome. I'm, it'll be great it's, to see that. It's not purple. <laughs> but it's the Batmobile, right? Yeah. The next one will be purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. So uh, tell me about this. So uh, you're going to be sidecar racing at the end of the month? At the end of the month at Willow Springs with Wira and SRA West. Nice. So uh, Willow Springs is uh, up in the Mojave Desert for you folks that uh, don't know the area down in Southern California. It's a wonderful track. It's considered the fastest track in the West. Um, it is a wonderful, wonderful uh, area. And uh, boy, oh boy, uh, that's going to be great. Uh, w- weren't you just there recently? Yeah, a month or two ago, something like that, with Arma. Okay, so uh, this time you're with where? 
with Weary, yes. Awesome. Yeah, I would hope to be out there the next race out in Button Willow on the on the uh, on the uh, GX six three six. So yeah, I'm hoping to join up with those guys as well and have Good. another club because they also do Button Willow and Willow yeah. Springs. Were too. I love Willow Springs and AFM doesn't go that far. Does the AFM yeah. still do the sidecar races? Because you guys no. used to. Somebody in the AFM doesn't like sidecars. Yeah. So we don't get to play with them. Okay. But but I have uh, I've got to go get my license again. I ride with the AFM every couple of years or whatever. And I've seen you there in the past with the sidecar for sure. Yeah, if they let them in, which is very seldom, very seldom. It's usually on an armor weekend with the vintage stuff. Usually, that was a was we were with Arma, period, and then they changed schedules. Um, Saturday was a Thursday, Friday was. Arma and Saturday Sunday was AFM, so we weren't actually connected with AFM. Oh, I had no idea because it takes place on the same weekend. Yeah, yeah, hmm. you would think, but the, yeah, different under, different organizations all under yeah. the same area. Supposedly, the only reason why that did not happen is somebody in Arma supposedly did not pick up the telephone and contact Cedars Point, Sonoma. That's unfortunate. So that's why it didn't happen this year. It's like, oh, so many people were waiting on that for our neck of the woods. That's a big event. The biggest. Well, you know, it's also very unique as far as racing. People don't really get to see those. So it's a a draw as well. I mean, that is part of motorcycle racing history. I mean, it's just something different. Yes. It's another class of racing that you can compete in. Exactly. And it's it's odd. It's different. Two people get to do it. Exactly. That's a thing. Who's crazier? The person dri- ri- driving? The monkey. The, the monkey the is definitely yeah. crazy. Just You'll get on with him? You've got to be kidding me. Exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's a double, you know, yeah, it's, it's very unique. You know? yeah. It's really, really cool to watch. And, and uh, if you go awesome. to a race, you sometimes you can stick your thumb out and become that passenger slash monkey that's how i got my job and started my career i really wanted to do it and i told him said i really i want the job and i believe i know what you're doing i race and and i have the theory and and i got a superman cape i'm not afraid to fly it i believe i know what you're doing and I've never done it, but I could do it, if not even better. Yeah, you're willing I, I to go out try. there. Yeah. We you, have so many women that actually try out and do it and w- want to do it almost more than guys. But almost anybody can do it. But you, once you do it, you'll know whether you can do it or not. Most people, yeah, it's really great and everything. But I had a couple passengers on that just... All they could do is lean their head over a little bit and just hang on. If you gotcha. <laughs> if you can't get out there, just be comfortable with it. You gotta trust me. I gotta trust you. You know, my job is to bring you back with a smile on your face. Or I just lost a customer, a competitor, not a friend, but. And know. and and what happens as a as a pilot if you lose the monkey somewhere on the track? The car gets, or rig gets really quiet. No, but what happens and, for you as well, a pilot? Is it like you're going to come into the next corner and the thing's going to cartwheel because it, there's no ballast it there? It totally depends on where you are, entry, exit. Uh, uh, um, okay. So, yeah, all, all those factors could come into play. Um, if he's in a good place, no big deal. So my first, second original passenger... Um, dropped out uh, turn three at, at Laguna Seca one time 
dropped out. Is that what you call it when they fall off? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that the is that the, is that the technical that? terminology? Oh my my <laughs> monkey dropped off. It depends. Out. It depends it how out. It, it, out, yes. it depends how they do it or what happens. This one he dropped out. In in Washington they have a flag that says check your monkey. It has a monkey with a big check next to it. It's hilarious. It, it's, oh, so awesome. it's different than the meatball check, flag. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's a sidecar check flag. Okay. Check your monkey. So this first one. So. Um, uh, Todd dropped out. We came out of turn two, and he said we had an oil leak, and he was playing with something. The turn workers go, "Oh, this one's this one's going," and so he was doing something. And then we came to turn three. He said he grabbed the handles, but his hands were full of oil, so he was gone. Oh, no. <laughs> and the sidecar got really quiet, and, and it's like, oh. so my job is to stop. And not do another lap and try and pick him up like some people. Now, do, now do you stop in the track or do you just pull well, off of the line and circulate slowly? You, Did you pull just off notice? and you, you get as much off the track and out of the way as absolutely right. possible. It, or you will be run over. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, no, you don't just, oh, excuse me. i got to pull a U-turn. I'm a goober driver. <laughs> you will be the ramp. Yeah. You will be the ramp. Yeah. This is racing in reality. You will be run over and destroyed. And, and then you'll get in trouble for doing it. Yeah, exactly. And who wants to have all that? Yeah, so, you know. no, so, so Todd just dropped out. Um, let's see. Here's another one. So I got Christina Ride at the Isle of Man. For with a guy that never crashes, Martin Volderbrand, and blah blah blah. And so anyhow, he crashes in Parliament Square. Yeah. He you go in, you hang a right, a little left, and down a straightaway. He clipped the corner on the left, the chair is on the left, it launched her into the front yard across the street. Oh my god. And she was so lucky the fairies were on her side, she landed on her feet. And said, hi, how you doing to the two people who were standing there? And, wow. and then they ran to the fence yeah, and looked over, and there was Martin upside down under the car. He's bigger than the car, and he's going, help me, help me, just like the fly. It was hilarious. <laughs> They were all drinking beers when I got there, but so they, yeah, we were nervous about that. I was there in the pits with Wade, and you know, I mean, uh, yeah, it's yeah. when when you go over so, there, yeah, yeah. We saw the stress that you put your partner through. Oh, fine, I'll be back in twenty minutes. I say that all the time. I'll be back in twenty minutes. And what's your honey doing for them twenty minutes? You're watching the clock. You're watching the position and everything, and they'll be back and everything. But and all of a sudden. Uh, Oh yeah, they crashed somewhere. Uh, are they broken? Are they alive? Are they? Are they? Wow. Yeah, over there is different. You know. Uh, yeah. It's sure. illegal to get hurt here. You know, so we don't get hurt. But over there, it's really serious. Man, after she Motor landed, America. after she landed on her feet, does she feel different about being a passenger now? No, she's been my passenger for quite a few but years. But she's okay after that. She's she, just down with it like the same, right? She marched on. She went right back out there with Martin. She saved his ass, got him in the race because he, he basically didn't quite qualify. But she marched on and really helped get him a finish. And she's been yep. doing it ever since. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that very story is pretty much why I call her one of the bravest people I know. I mean, it's not very often that you go off on the Isle of Man and there's a lot of uh, talk about whether, um, as a team, it's wise to go back out there or not. And ultimately, it's not us to decide. It's the actual rider and the passenger. And, yes. and they went out there, and they did it. You know, Some, some riders like, there, or passengers there just leave a note and don't show up. Because 
if you have a problem or whatever at the aisle, you may not get to go home. That's what I'm saying. Over here, yeah. it's pretty safe. So I did actually launch, oops, Christine once one other time. So there's many ways to get off, drop out, whatever. So my throttle stuck on my on my sidecar, and so we were at Button Willow going into turn three, I think it was, into the, the chicane. I was going to take out three or four of my buddies. And kill sidecar racing altogether. It just couldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, I hung a right. I, I ended up taking out the big pad with, with tires and people on top. And we, we launched right into the center of this thing and you know, hit it dead center. Dead center. Full throttle. Thing would not stop for nothing. And she got launched like Superwoman. <laughs> <laughs> So, who is doing laundry for the next month? She should be wearing a cape, you know, and a, a little outfit. Right? Yep, yep. So, she got right up, and, you know, we didn't, I, I did not put the car back together. We did not race the rest of that weekend, but she hopped right back on the car and marched right back into it. We figured out what the problem was. It'll never, never happen again. Nice. You know, but so was that on the GSXR 1000 motor? Yeah, with, with and it got it fucking the throttle got stuck. Yeah, with the I had the flat slides. It'll chop your finger off. And oh, oh, so the, you're not even running? Well, you're not running the uh, automated fuel injection intake then? No, well, this was the old motor. Oh, the, oh, the pre-injection the flat motor. slides one one cable. Yeah. Oh, I see. Before the 2001, you know, they had the computer 16-bit. Then they went 2002 is a good year because it came with the 32-bit computer system which is a lot more dialable yeah and more manageable is that the one where the rod went through the front it's CBR oh, no. that motor which one of those motors we got a few of those yeah i was like which cbr 1000 motor no, 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 no. gsxr 1000 it was a gsxr 1000 motor right yeah my well what that's what everybody else had in the early days on on my side my sidecar actually had a bandit motor Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Which is the same thing. Yeah, Oil that's pumper, what got though. stuck. That's what got stuck, my, right? My first two motors were really good, and then I went through about five of them. I could not find a good motor. Pop, there goes a pop, pop, pop. Yeah, there you did one. go through a bunch. I remember that, just to get the right one in there. Uh, just well, one that the sidecar is very unique as well. I mean, it's got a different type of stress, I imagine, to, to be putting on a motor, per se, compared to a motorcycle. Yeah, they, uh, they say in the, the corners is different, but other than that, it's kind of the same. You get a little more traction. I'm running a 10-inch tire in the back. But aren't you running? You're running that uh, that sidecar that the TZ750 motor came in, right? Yeah. And you put the wow. GSXR 1000 motor in that sidecar. Yeah. So the handling characteristics are going to be way different. You're putting way more power in there. Um, in different weight. kind of power. A different kind of power. But you, yeah. you have to compensate yeah, for that. But, yeah, right? exactly. But so so my guys knew and didn't know what they were making when they made it, and they sure weren't exactly. planning on putting a four-stroke in it. But when I got, they said put a four-stroke in it. It just wheelied every. <laughs> that's probably what I wanted but you know I never saw the TZ motor so I ran a bandit motor and now I have the 06 and uh, it just actually got yeah a the GSXR 1000 you have 06 yeah. right oh, yeah great motor <laughs> but don't they get all weird at the track if you pull that uh, thing out and every, you run against TZs aren't they gonna get pissed well we went to Australia and I we, ha we had that question I, I asked them a hundred times and stuff and and they all said, no, 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 come on down. And so we get down there, and it's kind of like Arma, vintage stuff. So we became the new era car, one car and new era. Hmm. 
But and and they're going to protest it though. You got a one thousand Suzuki GSXR fuel injected motor. Yeah, well, they all went back and forth. Same thing. So, but you guys, your officials said no problem. And nowadays, it's anything goes. Mm. But so that was the first year doing it, and we we didn't win, 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 but we won the event overall. It was your best out of four? There was four rigs on the same second. Per lap. Wow! Holy we moly! We had the biggest, baddest battles. Wow! You know, so <laughs> even the so I, w- yeah. w- it was bet- between me and Doug, Doug Chavez, basically, and he was going to pass me in the last corner like I wasn't wasn't even there. Hmm. He'd just come out of nowhere and go boof. And the, I think the only reason why I actually won is because he, he didn't finish that race. <laughs> but it, it was it was that close. Got to finish. Was, I had top end. He had corner speed. It, it's their track, but we fell right in, and, and uh, we're, we're best buddies. Because of that, he, he, he said he, he didn't get to race anybody that, you know, that quality of racing. And we said the same thing. That was the best racing ever. We're going to come race with you every year. So, and he let, he let us ride his, one of his TZs. He let us ride his Norton Rotary. Uh, two, now two years ago. Have you ever thought about yeah, taking that? Six years now, I think. That they, they haven't made no new three-wheel chassis for the GSXR 1000 late model fuel-injected motor. So I'm wondering if you can find a guy that makes like midget cars or something to design a new frame geometry because the frame geometry you're using is for a TZ750. Imagine if you have a yeah. new modern technology of innovating, uh, the, you know, a little bit different rake or a little different that to yeah. create a frame that's really potentially violent like the motor you put in there the the, yeah. the newer gixxer fuel injected 32-bit cpu like dual injectors i mean like that's a crazy motor if you built a frame for that motor in a new age there used to be that guy down there by the point. dirt bag yeah. challenge that used to build all that tubular crap right across from the you know where they used to have the stage there was yeah. a guy across the way that did fabricating he did a lot of tubular fabricating I don't know if he's still there he built little miniature indie frames Ooh, there right there go. so there he would go. be the guy to build it yeah. I had him do some stuff for me a, a few things but he's still there I bet yeah like a mini spawn yeah, yeah. And, and that's what he specialized he builds tubular frames for these midget racers mm. yeah and believe me those things have to withstand yes you know the half the time rolling is part of the game well you know you're talking you know on the gsxr 1000 you know probably you're gonna totally you're gonna push maybe the most you're gonna get like 300 horsepower you don't even want that much really you want lightness and finesse because that's how it's gonna you know win races handling europe europe all went to a 600 both long and yeah yeah the 600 because a thousand has a lot of power man that's a lot of fucking power to manage and the whole thing is a 600 you go you could have a built 600 it's lighter it's fucking more nimble it's like the power band runs different you know well i've always kind of called bullshit on that myself i remember when they went from the daytona 750s they had the 1000s out there and then they turned it to the 600s and they said the 1000s are too fast i call well it's too fast as Make it, make it last. You know, well, don't burn them you up. Know, you know, you, I mean, you got it. You the six hundred went out, but I mean, as far as if you're building something fast, I mean, Sean, I mean, what do you think about that? I, I think that 
they wanted to slow the bikes down because the track wasn't safe. Yep. But at the same time, I'm like, this is racing. There's no speed limits. We're going to go as fast as we can go. And that's what we're supposed to do. So having somebody come in and be like, oh, these thousands are going too fast. It's like, uh, I thought that was the whole point of this to go to yeah, Racing's racing. Yeah, they did that at Daytona. Yes. Well, that's what and we were mentioning. That's it's, what, yeah. it's sticking unless you got a twin. You got to be on a 600. The yep. aisle, they kind of did the same thing, but then they eventually resended it. They didn't with the sidecar. Now all of Europe has gone with with the 600 sidecar, but America is just a ragtag free for all. What what can you get your hands on? Well, I wonder if it was almost like MotoGP, where they were like, "Oh, the bikes are going too fast. We're gonna we're gonna make them go from thousands to 800s." Or 900s, right? And then they found out, yeah. oh, the, the bikes are going almost as fast. But they're carrying more corner speed, which is more dangerous. So stepping down was, dis- displacement-wise, was not the right idea. That wasn't the way to slow yeah. the bikes down. No. Yeah, so that's kind of what they're doing. And so same thing, what I've called is they've turned everything into bumper cars and bumper bikes because they're all on 600s they all go the same speed and now everybody's got one which is kind of nice but there you know what tolerances are so close you got an inch between you and the next guy you know so you got your fish hook on your front brake you know in theory everybody's taking everybody else out yeah yeah because it's now the quarters are too close and whether you have the credentials or not even Virgil's and uh, Reese took well, each other out. It's over. it's more motocrossy, right? You're going to be back. Yeah, some they're bars. designing the tracks for a smaller displacement. That's what they're doing. So, how are you going to put a big displacement motor on a small track? You see, well, so you know, there, there. I mean, the GP tracks are longer tracks, and I mean, there's still a lot of tracks out there. But I also truly believe that, you know, just because you can ride a 600 does not mean you can ride a 1000. They're Absolutely two different not. animals, different you know? animals. So, I mean, that's another separation of men from the boys i mean yeah. uh if you want to have a fast bike you ride a 1000 not a lot of boys i think would want to make that next uh step so to speak to me when so, i ride uh, a gs6r 1000 it's a big block 454 chevy blown with fuel injection when i ride a, a 750 or a 600 that's like a small block 289 that's been pushed to the limit so they're a different feel a different vibe yeah, totally you like uh, you like everything. a big block a low end fucking pick it up anytime or you want something that whines more it's a different you're riding a different power band yeah exactly i mean the, it's, the, the, it's the definitely Apple's it's, it's almost like yeah, for sure. comparing a two-stroke to a four-stroke yeah like 600 mm-hmm. is a two-stroke you gotta yes. spin it way yes. up yes yeah the 600 you know. is, is like the replacement of the 250 yeah, tz absolutely a little bit and you know that yes. you're the tz guy for how many especially, years i remember when uh, you had that uh, Sean, 500 you, yeah. uh, yzr it's you all drive about around. revving it up yeah so, but now the 600s actually work better than the old 500 before that you used yep. to ride that two-stroke Yamaha. Because they stopped playing with them. Yeah, they're they're going to they, come back injected in a minute, and and they'll have a whole new sales pitch. Oh, get your two-stroke, get your two-stroke. Yeah, we're you know, we're going to get back to this. Let's take a little bit of a break, but uh, especially, Sean, I want to talk to you about that, because, uh, you know... Um, I had some bikes where you lighten, polished, ported, you know, polished, ported, all that shit. I, I had a couple of 600 super bikes over at the aisle, and uh, 
Zing, zing. Just like a two-stroke. Very quick, yes. Yes, just like a, there was no hesitation on that RPM. It's, it's all about the moment you know, of inertia, the yeah. weight of the crank, and, and the uh, internals of the motor. That's and, the, and, the new bikes that got a lot of money spent to massage yeah. it. And we'll get back to that. So let's yeah, let's keep, uh, keep thank you for listening to uh, Racers Alley here on Mutiny Radio. And we'll get back in uh, shortly about talking about, uh, well, souping up bikes and what Sean's up to with the, uh, you know, latest round of racing out there with Ridiculous Racing. So uh, let's see. As far as sponsors go and talking about racing, I want to invite you all out there to Thunder Hill Raceway with the AFM. They're going to be out there June 29th and 30th, as well as a July 27th and 28th. And, well, like I said, uh, Ware's going to have a race out there with Willow in between, I think, the 28th, 29th, something out there at the end of June as well. So uh, uh, basically support your local racetracks and organizations. And, you know, we really, really want to give a great shout out and thanks to those turn workers and everyone who makes the organization run. You know, I've, I've been with the AFM since 91 on and off over the years and you know those those guys are still the same they're excellent ever the turn workers the tech secretaries everyone that you know they put up with a bunch of racers and they you know make the day go as smooth as you can possibly have and you know very professional it's very very cool so if you want to support go out there and watch for sure if you ever want they're definitely looking for turn workers and uh, you know I heard even if you're part of the the team right now a AFM member they might even be looking for some tech folks to help out so uh, yep. yeah big shout out to those guys and uh we're gonna have milk crate brian play another tune tune here shortly and uh we're talking about that fun track days is gonna be out there august was here uh, let's see uh, last week week before and uh he's been out here a couple of times now he runs fun track days out there and he, they're gonna be at thunder hill here on june 10th they're gonna do the thunder hill east uh course actually on monday and it's gonna be a beautiful day out there i was dying to go and i told him i go but uh, i am now working on mondays which is not a bad thing apparently but uh helps me pay for racing but uh yeah so it's going to be a really nice time go out there fun track days on june 10th and you know he's such a cool guy and he's a uh, kind of a regular now most folks once they come here once they they just come back on a regular basis and tell us how everything's going with their 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 program and such so he's basically given uh, 15 dollars off if you mention our show racers alley 2019 under the code for fun track days and uh, that's really really cool of them actually because they got some of the best prices out there and they're they're really really cool folks so uh thanks for being out there mate hello mr brian how you doing mate doing excellent we've got one lined up for robbie Ooh, motor tire guy he's been waiting for that one yeah he's always asking for the frank zappa so we're gonna indulge him a little bit and then we're gonna go back to normal people music (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah thank you for listening to racers alley Say what's on their minds. 
left behind of the great society.
song don't you wow welcome to racers alley here we're in the heart of the mission uh, thank you for uh, mutiny radio for always having us you know uh, i love this place and every now and then it's just like man am i gonna have a show or what you know sometimes uh, nowadays we've been here for a while and sometimes uh it's just myself and uh if wade wants to come in comes in and uh, a couple of weeks ago i tried to do my own show with music and we didn't have enough music to do a show so anyhow Today ended up having a handful of guests, which is really, really awesome. You know, we got Mr. Sean Keen here from Ridiculous Racing. He's a tuner. It's awesome. Uh, Brian Mulcrates, uh, spinning the tunes. Uh, of course, Wade from Subculture Racing is uh, our co-host. And uh, Armin Powell Croft is back uh, from uh, Racing Down South from Croft Racing. And he's going to let us know how it's been going so far. Mr. Victor, our guest, is uh, talking about old bikes and such. And uh, Robbie Motor Tiger here is as well. Uh, always uh, part of the wrecking crew, regular wrecking crew here so uh yeah we got a full house my name is alex torres mori i'm your producer here at racers alley here at me and radio and talking about that i want to say you know give a big shout out to pam tastic you know we love her here and uh she runs the place and it's awesome you know i mean uh, there's a lot of folks that uh have shows like ours here from uh you know uh, any hours of the week really from uh sunday through saturday anytime from uh 10 to pretty much midnight you'll find shows podcasts like myself and uh, the racers alley and uh, you know uh, what I love about Pam is she basically runs a comedy clubhouse and uh, on Monday she likes to uh, help out uh, upcoming and learning uh, comedians they have a joke workshop so what's wonderful about that is if you want to you know try your uh, steak at uh, you know uh, making people laugh which is a wonderful thing you can always come here at Monday from uh, 6 to 8 with uh, yeah, the joke work uh, joke workshop that Pam has here at Mini Radio and you can learn uh, basically a bunch of folks come around you have a certain amount of time have a couple of lines and have a bunch of people that critique you it's kind of like speed dating wonderful thing right anyhow a uh, wonderful way and then once you get uh, once you get confident get things uh, get a few jokes together you can always come and in uh, Fridays uh, Pam has a you know a happy hour open mic you know that's from 6 to 8 and uh, that's where you can come in as a comedian and just uh, come on in improvise do whatever you want make people laugh and from after that it's Fantastic comedy clubhouse and I'd like to hope that a lot of people who actually started out with uh, her joke workshop eventually end up on her comedy clubhouse because that's kind of neat it comes from learning how to race to being a racer which is awesome you know uh, you put your time in long enough you get enough confidence go out there in front of people in a other show and uh, she has that like I said every uh, Friday from 8 to 10 Fantastic's comedy clubhouse yar yar anyhow uh, boy we got a full house here everyone's running around having a good time and and uh, I want to thank a couple of our sponsors here. You know, we have uh, Subculture Racing, of course. Motor Tire Guys here, as far as far he's always one of the wrecking crew, so he's, that's awesome. If you ever need a tire done, he's there within a, well, he, you can go there, make an appointment. He's going to be able to do it within an hour. You can't really get that anywhere else. It's really awesome like that. And uh, again, uh, a couple of our locals here, you know, we have CC Rider Toe. They'll always be able to get your bike here in the city, this area. And if you're in the East Bay Cycle Toe, 
Rich Gibbon was just here last week, and uh, he's awesome, and uh, he has a shop as well. to help you fix any uh, repairs on your crash bike. Uh, Cycle Toe, call them. If you're in the East Bay, anywhere out there, they'll come get you. Actually, CC Rider Toe again. If you're on this side of the town, uh, the pond, he'll come and get you. So that's really awesome. I want to thank Benders and Molotovs. They've always been out there for our actual uh, benefits. They've always helped us out, especially with the clothing drives that I do. Uh, they're really, really nice, and they always have space and take care of us. So, yari yar. Uh, Evan from Monkey Moto School was planning on coming here tonight, but he ended up having a couple of physical therapy sessions. Uh, he uh, really does get at that. So, if you're ever aching, he's great to go as well as uh, learn how to ride a motorcycle. So, Evan, have a, I hope you're having a good night, and thank you. You can always uh, reach him at Monkey Moto School. Yar. So, anyway, uh, let's see here. Let's see if anyone's listening. Anyone ready to get on the air? All right. Well, uh, we'll get back to you a second and let me wrangle up all the boys. Yar, yar. All right, Milk Crate, uh, let's listen to some tunes. Everyone keeps walking in tonight. What a beautiful evening. Uh, Mr. Shujiro Galvan just came in and uh, AFM, AMA Racer. How you doing, mate? And uh, yeah, we'll set up the mics out there and uh, everyone should be able to say hi now, so theoretically. Everyone say hi. There you hey go. out there. How Howdy. Are. Well, welcome. So, uh, Mr. Sergio is here. We got Milk Crate Brian. We got Robbie Moto Tire Guy. We got Mr. Sean Keen, Ridiculous Racing Tuner. And Armin Powell Croft just showed up. And uh, good to see you, Armin. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, and then we got Mr. Victor and Mr. Wade Boyd here, so we got a full house. And uh, so, Armand, boy, uh, you were on our show uh, last month, and uh, you know what's I'm wonderful. Music? Are you guys looking at music? Well, let's see here. Oh. Theoretically, you hear it now? It's all vinyl. The music is all come off the vinyl record player. Yeah. Oh, you got the wrong headphones <laughs> on is what's going on here. We're, we're live here at, uh, you know, Racer's Alley, but we really don't care about format. Yeah, everything's well. Can you hear it? Yeah, no, I can't hear it because I don't have headphones, but that's all right. I'll, 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 I'll get, I'll get I'm you good. some proper headphones. Well, you need headphones so you can hear us. Yeah, exactly. That's true. We can still hear. Yeah, everyone can hear. We're all good. So, Armand, how you doing, mate? How's racing? Can't complain. Can't complain. Learned a lot of racecraft this last race. Long race, 1,300 miles. What does that mean exactly? What does that mean? <laughs> it means it's 1,300 miles long. <laughs> and uh, much different than the last race, which was uh, 300 miles. Or no, actually, it was 200 miles. Yeah. So, what is that in kilometers? <laughs> so 60 kilometers is 100 miles. No, 100 kilometers is 60 miles. So I guess that would be, you do the math. <laughs> so is this out in the <laughs> desert? I mean, where are you going to put 1,300 miles? Not through the center of town. No, we start, start in Ensenada. For, so it's a rally raid race, basically. So you take off from Ensenada. The first day you go to San Felipe, which is like you know, 250 miles, the way they route it. And you have transfer stages, which are not timed. I mean, they're sort of timed. but That's off-road. This is all off-road. The racing stages are all off-road, correct. So four, what are you doing? A car, four wheels? Yeah. It's four-wheel a drive, class dune five, buggy? Class what? 5 Unlimited Volkswagen. I mean, it's based on a Volkswagen, but it's got a Chevy motor in it. It's got, oh, shit. And it basically, it's a, fr- <laughs> it's a tube-frame car. That's it's a, a four-cylinder. Yeah, it's a sleeper. It's a little uh, Chevy Cobalt motor, an Ecotec, two-liter. And you got a what, 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 what? You got an Echo Boost in there? Ecotec. Different. Ecotec. Yeah. But it's a 2.3 liter. 2.0. Liter. Late model. No, it's, I'm sorry. It's a 2.4 liter. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's we're talking 216 and up Echo Boost motor. 2008 Ecotec. Okay. Which most of those cars were supercharged at that time, so it's got forged rods instead of cast rods. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the bur- it's the burly they one. They didn't that. bring the turbo into like you know later then you're but, talking but the echo boost. No, 2008 is when they had superchargers on them so the, the rods yeah, are instead a lot of the echo boost though no it's echo tech echo boost is ford yeah. yeah yeah oh oh you're echo tech you're chevy yeah yeah chevy oh 2.4 liter non-direct injected interesting 200 horse like right around 200 horsepower 200 foot pounds of torque it, i mean it, is, this, little, is this motor what would commonly be found in a, like in a, a grocery getter like a cobalt or something like yeah, a little yeah. commuter but which weighs like 3500 pounds but 4, you're talking 200 horsepower the Wheel, what weight? 2,300 pounds? Tw- I'm with fuel, 2,600 pounds. 26. No driver in it. That's still. Yeah, yeah. That's a car. monster. 200 yeah. to the rear wheel. With 35 inch tires on it, it does pretty good. <laughs> oh I mean, I never God, run out of power. Dude. No. Yeah. You're and doing it, wheelies. You got wheelie bars? <laughs> no. They won't quite pop wheelies, but it's pretty you need, good. You need little uh, dirt bike tires and uh, wheelie bars. So, last race, you know, we, we, we got first place in San Felipe, and that was pretty good. So, when was that, Armin? That was in late January. Okay. But this race, I, I, I brought on some guys from Checkers Off Road Team. You know, my, my, the guy I've been mostly racing with, he's like my, kind of my partner. I keep the car at his house. He's a checkers guy. And checkers is kind of like the hell's angels of off-road. It's like somebody saw the picture of my car on, you know, the internet with a checker sticker on there. Oh, who's that guy? Like, Let's go smash his car up, you know. There you are. I realized Josh was involved, so it was all right. But so two more guys, the president of checkers and another guy joined us. And uh, and Earl, the president of checkers, gave me, you know, the 35-inch wheels and tires, which is really sweet. Gave us like 15 miles an hour top speed. But then even wow. then, I thought the car was That's like an 80-mile-an-hour car. And then he got in the thing. And he has the same motor in a class 3000, which is like has a arm suspension, a lot bigger suspension, mm-hmm. even though it's a short wheelbase car. And like all of a sudden he started driving it and all of a sudden we're ripping across the lake bed and he's going 100, 105. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize they revved that high. Well, I mean, you taught me a lot about the car. And I understand why people say that it gets like, you know, six miles to the gallon, five miles to the gallon, because we're getting like 10, 12. 
So uh, we weren't driving it as hard as it could be driven. So once we figured that out, we started going a lot faster. So you're talking <laughs> well. That's a generally with AR. racing. I mean, the more uh, you get into it, I mean, the more you upgrade. I mean, but you gotta be going a certain speed before you want more speed, and that's how you learn to get it. And uh, meeting friends and is yeah, that, is a that fact. talking and the car being part of the the, the uh, uh, group, so to speak, or the club, like what Wade yeah. likes to say. And I mean, from there, you all uh, bench race after the end of the day. And how'd you do that? And is that how, how it goes? Shit. Yeah, you figure out a lot of stuff that way. I mean, yeah. I mean, even Josh has a lot of experience. He's won like Vegas Torino. He's won, you know, the Parker 400, you know, different races. Yes. And so, you know, having him in the car was always like, all right, you know, he's t- when he's, he was in the co-driver's seat, he's always like, go faster, go faster. You know, you got it. <laughs> and, uh, and it was funny as we had some GoPros in the car this time and, and some of the stuff I was watching, I was like, wow, I'm not going fast enough, you know? Because, I mean, I, you know, I consider myself decently fast, but you could tell, you know, the guy's like, it's straight, it's straight. And I was like, letting off sometimes. Like, you should be yeah. wide open. Well, you know? it's, so seeing it's, the videos really helps a lot. I mean, this is my third race, so. Well, it, 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 uh, I, I love the fact that you're doing this. And I was mentioning to Sean earlier, it's just like Armin just decided to one day at 50 to go out and start desert racing. I mean, most people retire at 50. But I mean, yes. I, you know, I've always had, you know, yeah, off-road is, cars actually. and trucks and stuff, and I've built Baja bugs and dune buggies and stuff but can you put a number on the side and be competitive that's the deal you know yeah and you're learning and you're having a great great deal of fun i mean uh so your team what is your your uh Croft Racing? Yeah, I mean, that's what I call it because that's my last name. But well, I mean, I got my your... team is pretty much me, my buddy Josh, where I keep the car. And then th- for this race, you know, Mike McClintock and, and Earl Frazier came along with us. That's and awesome. They, they I were mean, super helpful. And I mean, I learned a lot from those guys because they got a lot of experience. Well, that's great. And that's how you get a team because people get behind you. I don't want to say they live vicariously, but they live with you and vicariously. And all of it in the end is it's a team effort. They want to see you succeed. But also, it's like, yeah, we haven't had anyone like certain people that sit there with this knowledge. And just love to give it out and if you meet them meet the meet the right person all of a sudden it's just like you met the right person you know some i've been there like in life out, some know, people like don't that. yeah exactly. yeah that's true as well what about the so welding <laughs> what about the welding tube bending and um geometry who does that i got i bought the car off a guy who raced up here years ago and then he converted the car over to an ecotex you know platform which is you know the sort of a new platform yeah and he had just redone the car and i was like for some reason i looked on craigslist and i said uh I looked up class five, you know, it's a class five unlimited race car. And I found one for in, in like uh, San Jose, you know, and I was like, this can't be right. You know, this is bizarre. Yeah, yeah. And so I went down and looked at it and it wouldn't start cause his battery was dead. And I looked at it, it was put together pretty, you know, very well. And he had, it built a new class five with like a 3.5 turbo, not, not for racing, but just for play. Cause it's not legal in the class, but I mean, really nice car. Both were done very, very detail oriented. So who did the work? His I name need is Robert, people. Robert I need Fessler. People. This guy, Robert Fessler Where? down in, Where? Uh, in Campbell. And, man, I'm and telling I, you, I'm still in really good. Wade knows too, man. Like we always need like two bender welder precision guys. And I'm a decent welder, but I mean, you know, and myself and Josh is a pretty good welder. So we, I mean, I have, you know, we got big machines. What are you doing? TIG, MIG, aluminum, I'm, everything. I'm all, everything's MIG. Uh, arc? Are you doing? This was arc? all TIG. The car was built. So you doing but, arc? No, I do MIG. I do only MIG. Only MIG. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you know someone that does arc, MIG, TIG, and aluminum? Yeah, I know a lot of people that weld really well. Ah. So. but I mean, we always need Norman that. Over it, I. Norman. I complained to him about there's nobody in the Bay Area that does this, and really he only knows one or two guys, and then it takes him two, you know, two weeks to get a hold of the guy. Well, I got a guy that does uh, all he does is overhead skylights in buildings. Yeah, so he's a super TIG guy. I mean, he like welds like section pipes for his own Harley. TIG. So his name's Scott. TIG Williams. is a shit. I mean, TIG's how all these guys are. I mean, you get on these off road sites, and they have like whole it's all whole deals like that are just like weld porn. Yeah, they got like the joints. No, they want they want chromoly tubing and TIG tight. So our shit's like painted, you know, so. 
really you know i mean it doesn't matter that much like we had a i bought them the thing so hard after the after the race last in january the san felipe desert mayhem 175 we did uh i, I you know I took my girlfriend out and we went on that desert on the old 1000 course which is near my house and you know did like 60 miles you know whatever and okay. coming back there's a lot of these vados in the road yeah, towards yeah, port, yeah, yeah. south of san felipe and they're like there's huge jumps you know and so we we're jumping the you know i was hitting the thing you know 80 miles an hour and there was one that like went and then there was another vado like you know 100 feet behind it so we landed pretty much flat you know and so it bottomed it so so hard. you bent the a-arm or no i didn't bend anything what, what it did was it flexed the motor so hard that the power steering pulley hit the cage and shattered so i lost power steering but then we looked at it later the aluminum skid plate had all the fin marks in it yeah from the yeah tranny. so i was gonna say you have aluminum uh skid the whole plates. bottom skin yeah. yes yes but it hit so hard i mean they put fin marks all on the bottom like yeah. flattened the fins on the tranny i'm surprised nothing else broke but so we you know we tightened up the suspension after that but it was you know it was the frame held together very very well and like if you're in that car on one of these long you know long distance off-road races you can't believe that the thing is together at the end of the day because i mean you hit shit so hard are you carrying extra gas like tanks no i got Nothing. a fuel cell 21 gallon i got extra steering so fluid 21 gallon is enough to go between each stop to uh, um get me about a, it, it will get me almost 200 miles so but uh, how how uh, with the, the gas stops like where the, are they the, this race I, I'm lucky I run pump gas in this little Ecotech, so yeah. I can run high-tech, you know. You can pe- run anything. Yeah. It's still going to run. And so I, I run, I stop at gas stations on the transfer stages. And oh, then, nice. And then we have uh, fuel cans in, on the trailer, of course. And then so we fill the car up every night. And so there's only a couple a couple stages in this race that were more than 200 miles. How can that trailer pace with your car through the desert? Because they leave either earlier or they leave, and they're on paved roads. Okay. So like say, we'll do a loop like this. So and, each paved road is, what, 100 miles from the next? Um, it just depends. You know, you got to look at the at how Baja works. More than there, that, there's or a, less? there's a one that goes down through, and then there's one that goes down out to San Felipe, and that's when you take. And they're building that road, so that was a little hard on a lot of the trailers. So you going a hundred miles at a time, no gas. No, a couple hundred miles usually. A couple hundred. Yeah. So you fill it up, and our car will do that pretty. Com- I mean, you can't carry extra gas. Is that I what got you're no room in that car. I mean, I can't carry. Can beer. you carry like a fucking clip five gallon <laughs> nope. fucking container? I mean, honestly, I wanted a cooler in the car for beer because you know if something breaks down, I was just other. gonna say. Yeah. I mean, and you yeah, have so you to have a twelve pack in there. What I did this trip <laughs> yeah. was uh, yeah. I, I, so twelve you, packs better than five. The gallons. thing skinned. You know, the car skinned on the inside out of the roll case. So yeah, I mean, was, it's pretty bare bones, right? Skinned, and you open the door, and I took a grinder and I ground out these holes in the door and lined them with like towel, you know, like really soft stuff, and ground out all the sharp stuff so you could stuff beer cans in there and then you could put ice on top of it but we ended up using it for water and oil and all sorts of shit. the other the step, funny thing yeah. is when you close the door you don't see it because the inside is skinned as well so it looks like it wasn't cut and the first day i was like i i spent all day yesterday cutting these holes and now i don't see them i don't understand what's going on yeah but you know you see you open yeah, the door yeah but it's pretty hidden. funny but so, so right now uh okay so you're uh gonna be on your third race of this season or fourth that, that was and i'm not racing for a series this year okay this is the first year i'm racing with this car so um I'll, you, I'll, I'll, I'll pick whatever you know hand pick a race next i think in july or something like that i'll probably do the ridgecrest race 250 or else do the lucerne race in september 300 miles they're different organizations but you can go out there with your car and race them yeah you know i'm just doing i'm not going for a title you know or anything so you stick with one sanctioning body if you want to race like their seven races yeah but right now i mean you're I'm developing picking races whenever we're the ones i want and yeah see the organizations that i like Right, you know, it's, it's like I'm not going yeah, for a title. Well. <laughs> so, yeah, and a lot of a lot of guys kind of do that. And then, you know, if you want to go for a series, a lot of the sanctioning bodies have like some really good races that are really fun and they have a lot of competition. But then they'll go up somewhere like Gene, Nevada, or something where there's not, you know, there'll be four cars in my class or something. Uh-huh. You know, and so I'm not really. I'd rather race with you know more of the 
the guys that are competitive. Okay, so uh, see when I when I when I think of desert racing for all your listeners out there, I mean, um, it's out there. Uh, your what are your regular uh, like course miles? Is it fifty, one hundred? Do they have what they call marathons? I mean, how do you, how do you they're classify minimum them? Two hundred miles, three hundred miles, something like that. Okay, you know, and a lot of them are five hundred, and, and then you know, of course, down in Baja, there's the thousands and stuff. But, okay, uh, you know, usually in the states they're like four hundred, you know, like the Mint four hundred, the Parker four hundred. Okay, you know, the Silver State three fifty or you know three hundred whatever you know they're usually around that range, and a lot of those races will be loop races where they'll have like a sixty mile tr- you know loop and you'll do four loops or three loops or whatever the case may be. Okay, so, so whereas that being Baja, it's usually point to point. A lot of times, you know, gotcha. now they're even doing the Baja 1000 in a loop race format as well, where you come start in Ensenada, do a big loop, and you come back to Ensenada 700 miles later or something like that, which yeah. is a lot easier for the crews and a lot easier for logistics. Oh, I could see that as yeah. well, yeah. you know, where they chase state. the car yeah. across, and you don't yeah. have, have guys all the way down the peninsula. Yeah, so um, the loop races, I imagine, are probably in areas where it's like the AFM back in the old day. It would be their serious point, and then every now and then they'll throw a, a national or something with a, other boys. So yeah, speak, well, uh, I mean, there's it. only so many areas now in California because of the EPA, you know, and the, and the BLM and stuff that you can do this stuff. At. Ah. So, I mean, they're basically variations of kind of the same areas, you know, which is like down by Apple Valley, you know, out hmm. towards Parker, Arizona, you know. Yeah. So, you know. Vegas, you know, there's some stuff around Vegas, and then a lot of it's in Baja. Okay, I, I prefer the Baja races just because I, you know, I know Baja really well. Yeah, it's yeah, in my yeah. backyard. So, like, you know, I went to the Cern race and I didn't even finish that race due to power steering problems. But I wouldn't have done that well anyway because those guys are fast, and I don't know that area. Uh, when you say fast, is it because of their rigs are a little bit more money or uh, more familiarity? I mean, everything I mean, above this, this, uh, at the Nora this year, there was I think ten cars and. Uh, I was like sort of middle of the pack as far as like, you know, build. I mean, uh-huh. I have an Ecotech and I got a race, I have a Mendiola transmission. There was guys that had like six speed sequentials with, you know, 2.5 liter direct injected Ecotechs that had just come out of the shop. You know, everything brand new, 35 yeah. inch tires all the way around. I'm kind of like, you know, 15 year old technology, some of my stuff. Car running. Yeah. Right. But, then, gotta, and then, I'm but then the guy that won the race yeah. <laughs> had a run of the Miller Baja with a fucking Type 1 Volkswagen and a bus gearbox. And uh-huh. the guy, and the guy, there the, Hernquist always wins this race every year, and he was, and I think he was down by. He got a flat tire right at the end, and this guy went by him, and he was not happy about it. We lost by like eight minutes or twelve <laughs> do, minutes. Or do you something. race at night? Or do you? Um, what kind of lights you got? Uh, I got good lights, but we this race. Luckily, last year we raced a lot at night because we started late. We kept breaking down, and so you end up. However, huh. you start the next day is how you finish the night before. Never have enough lights on. So, well, so I mean, is there a LEDs like up at the yin yang yeah. all on the roll bar everything? Right? So yeah, we got a couple big old uh, hella, you know, old HID lights. You know, they're yeah. like big. I'd have side and but front. They and we got a couple of pods, and then we have a little light bar up front. And then we set up those pods, and they're super, super bright. So how late at night you run? We not this race none. Last race we had to run up at 10, night, which I didn't expect. 10, 10 p.m. Some guys are coming in at midnight, one o'clock. That's wow. what I'm asking. I mean, they they you come in when they come in. Lights. They come in when they come in, and it depends gotcha. on how bad you break. I put a ton so of bright last lights. year. We came we came in on the, in the seven class truck. We came in. I think they were coming in at like eleven thirty, and then they blew the motor up like five miles out of town. And I was like, God. So what do you do if you? break at night just you, you off have, in the you, desert you have t- tools you have you always have a bunch of water with you you know and then you have radios if you're prepared we, we have vhf radios that'll get you know like 100 miles and nice then, and so and so then you, we also have these uh 
you have a GPS. Like a snowboarder beacon. Well, we have like a, it's called a Stella. And that tells you not only. It's the thing. It yeah, tells yeah, you yeah. when dangers are coming up. It tells you when speed zones are coming up. You can press to pass, which is nice. Because this is this last race was kind of a vintage race, the Nora. So there's a lot of guys that have like old cars, you know, and like original. That are going to break. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, in normal races, you nerf people. You know, if they're in your way, you smash into them and then they get out of the way. You know. Wow! No shit. Well, you have, you have like a, <laughs> is that what you call it? Yeah. Well, you have like a cop. You have like a police siren that has a couple different sounds, like rear, 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 and it's got. Dee, 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 dee. You know, like, when you start hit that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're not getting out, then you you pop them. So you got uh, what do you got? Tire tread cut from a sawzall on your back bumper? No, not my back bumper. I don't need to worry about my front bumper. I got to worry about. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> sawzall some tires. Put that tread on no. the front. You'll be golden. Actually, I have this like I have an actual police like it's, little triangle thing. Rubber. I have a rubber tire ram. <laughs> but it's pretty. It, but anyway, so you, you bought somebody. But in this race, there's so many old. Like my buddy races a like an old 914, like a 1960, you know, 70 914 Porsche that's yeah. like jacked up. No kidding. You know, and so it's like you know you, don't, you can't smack. Well it doesn't Porsche. have doesn't have cage around the outside. You can't smack people like that. So this race is kind of like a. You know, there's gentlemen's the, race. Well, there's new newer cars too. Gentlemen's you know. race. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you rub your rubber tire bumpers. Desert? That's a gentleman's race. You're yeah. not bashing them with steel. No, bumpers. yeah. I mean, some, guy, some guys get me. They put like thing. angle iron, so you put, you know. But the rules are you don't punt. You don't punt anybody like a class 11, which is a stock Volkswagen Bug. Yeah, you don't well, punt you know, those you guys. Punt them a little bit with the tire tread on the front, and that's not so bad. No, you don't yeah, have rubber's guys. racing. But anyway, so yeah. this this race, you know, you have like a. But if you run into trouble, you can press this Stella thing, and it, it you know. Settle, you know, whatever it tells tells them that you're injured or that you're down or whatever, and it lets other people know that you're on the course, which is kind of safe. Yeah, it have, have you, don't you ever experienced that yourself? No, no. Yeah. We always made it back to the pits. Yeah, when we blew power important. steering stuff in the first race, we always made it back to the pits. But the problem is, you had a lot of silt. Silt is like talcum powder knee deep, and like this last Baja 500 last weekend, there was I think 20 trophy trucks stuck within two miles of the start, all in silt. It's just everything it's, it's, is like you can't Yeah, I saw pictures it, of... It clogs the air filters or you can't breathe it's just, and you can't see is the main thing. So you're going and 50 miles an hour joints, and you just hit this everything. You and there's cars stopped everything. and the guy's yeah, behind the car and you know, they, get, they get pinned. You know? What kind of air induction are you running? You're running it up at the top by the roll bar? What's We're up? We're running as close to the top as we can. It's, yeah. a, it's basically a Caterpillar cyclonic filter so yeah, it spins most of that Yeah, you gotta have that fucking top air induction. So it spins most of that stuff out first and then it's a huge and what kind of screens in front of the openings don't need a screen because it's got a good air filter and well the air filter is going to catch all that sand well but it's coming from inside i mean it's basically right it's coming from up top coming from you still have screens my rear window no no screens it comes right from behind my rear window shouldn't you put like a little screen up there no i'm not getting rocks up there a little pantyhose action. Well, what if you fell down? <laughs> but on still, I would have a little mesh screen up there at least. Come on. Well, that's not really I'm not going to disagree with my man right now. Okay, I'm with you, but it's right behind the rear window. You know, yeah. you're not getting rocks there. I would have that. some mesh screen on top of those fucking air right filters. from the inside of the car. I don't even really like this guy, but I got to agree with him. Oh. Well, Willow Springs, uh, Willow Springs, <laughs> I, I, back I, the, uh, I get there. too technical about all this. No, back in you. the old days of Willow Springs and the two stroke 250s, they put a pantyhose over the anything. Years ago, yeah. over the air front, yeah. Yeah. anything over an induction yep. air front. Yep. Yeah. Well, this is uh, it goes into a cyclonic thing, and then it's a caterpillar air filter, so it's pretty pretty decent it size. It does any, job. Anything big just drops out the bottom. There's like a rubber tube, so unless it, and you're not really gonna get rocks inside the car, which is yeah, so, yeah. It's pretty good. Although I was surprised when we took the car apart, like on the butterfly valve, there was a little bit more than I thought there would be. Yeah, you know, I was yeah. kind of like, I mean, that stuff's so fine, and this filter. Yeah. I mean, it's a caterpillar air filter, and we replace them every it's day. It's caught up on the Just grease. A little tiny bit yeah. gets through there. And I was yeah. kind of surprised. So, you know, 
Right. So uh, anyhow, maybe the screen will help. Mr. Yeah. Sean Keen, you're here, and I've been trying to get you on the show for quite some time. And I know you're always busy because I, I see you on the face of my book, and you know I see you actually uh, a couple of times when I'm out there on the uh, AFM racing track. Uh, yes, I'm a racer now, and uh, yeah, you're out there working with the Dunlop boys when you're off. And then oh, I hear yes. you're a mean, mean cook so you're uh, the afm races i hear your pits the place to go and also you're as well as uh, you work with ridiculous racing and you're uh, uh you're tuning yeah that i do basically what i do is make sure all the nuts and bolts on the bike are tight and it's ready for competition and i implement all the changes that my crew chief says so the tuners like we should do the wheelbase this way and the fork springs this one and that one make my fork height this i'm the guy that does that do you so, give them a lot of feedback as far as like what you want like you take it for a ride and then you give them a lot of feedback i i push the bike i don't i don't <laughs> ride the bike i'm the mechanic so when it comes into my hands, everything is supposed to be tight, Sano, and safety wired, and so that my rider does not get injured. Oh, you're not the rider. No, I'm not. No, no, no. Sean's a tuner. I'm sorry. I thought you were the rider. I'm not the tuner. I'm the pusher. Mechanic. Well, yeah. And the umbrella guy. Yeah, Mm. umbrella fellows, what they call it. Well, well, Sean. I do a lot of roles on the team. I I basically get the shit done. That's what I do. Yeah, but I mean, well, they're they're on the podium all the time. And I'm very proud of uh, how their team is going. And uh, they've even adopted one of Wade's favorite colors, which is purple. Purple. Yes. Uh, yeah, ridiculous racing. I mean, uh, so Sean, uh, who are your riders? What are you guys running exactly? So my rider is Hayden Gillum, and we ride in the Super Sport class for Moto America. Moto America, okay. Currently, we are in the championship lead, only by seven points. There's a lot of competition. Wow. DJ Jacobson, Bobby Fong, Sean Dylan Kelly, uh, Escalante. There's... It, it may come down to the last race. Like exciting, it is. It is very exciting. It, <laughs> yeah, especially six we hundreds. I mean, that's that's yeah, neck and neck, right? That's what they sell the most of. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Monday. Yeah. Sell on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're no, open. they're not open Monday. <laughs> but uh, that is the thing. Yeah. The Japanese make an incredible six hundred. It's very reliable. Yep. It's very tunable. It's yep. very user friendly. Probably they're the best at it. You don't have to have any special tools outside of normal hand right. tools unless you're doing something special. But basically, it's a it, it's a real like tuner's crowd. Thing. And the and the main is I mean I remember I had an FZ seven hundred back in the day like eighty seven and the first valve check was at twenty nine thousand miles. I mean that's saying something. You got your shit wired at that point. They they do. They do. They, to check it at 30,000 miles. The Japanese like, are masters of mass production. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and, and admittedly, when we get a new race bike, the first thing that happens to it. You tear it all the way apart. All the way All apart. the way down. All the way down. Anytime you Everything buy it. Everything greased, lubed, torqued, fitted, just it, all the nuts and bolts checked every time. Every time makes sense. Sure, you've done the same with your rig. Times with stuff that you you can use one tool to do a lot of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
fastener matching. Right. That is huge. Very critical. Yeah. Like you don't want to have a, a six yeah. and a five and an eight and a right. three sockets. When it can all be fives. Stand. Yeah. All B5s, exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. That is one of the most important lessons. So I worked for one season with Richard Stamboli, who owns Attack Racing. One, the guy's a badass. Second, he's smart as a whip. And one of the things I took away from that program was that why do we need all these tools? You, yeah, I see you have all these tools. That's really cool. You could probably work on a Goldwing and then a Katana and then a CBR 600 F2 and then a ZX7. Right. But why, why have all that stuff? So what I try and do is I try and when I'm just about to take off somewhere, I try and do all my work on my car or my bike with the tools I have in my bag. And if they're not there and I can't do something, I try and add that tool. Unless it's ridiculously big, like a huge, you know, nut. Right, but, but you basically just you have to kit out that bag for your car. Exactly. If you were racing a different car, you would need a different set of Absolutely. tools. And that's one of the things I w- learned from Stamboli. Yeah. Was that you standardized. To- standardized, standardized, yes. standardized. Yeah, like you have three metric sizes, put all your bolts, those three right. metric sizes on and the on car. Motorcycles. So you only need three sets of, uh, three yes. kinds of sockets yeah. and yeah. open Allens, ends whatever and, it is. And, and, and all that bike, shit. Most of it can be Allens, which is beautiful. You it know? can be whatever you want yeah. it to be. By three different sizes right. throughout the car. And, of course, you have to have, that like, you way. know, and you, I use and the stock it. crappy, like, 22 millimeter for the back axles, you know, because they're light and they're small instead of trying to carry a socket around, you know. But, I mean, trying to do all my work with the shit that's in my bag. What kind of electric impact do you run? I run a Milwaukee, the new one. It's like, it's like 1,200, 1,200 you foot. You got to try the new. With the You got to try the new one. I checked them all out. I don't care if it's snap. I don't care what it is. The highest power small uh you know less than a half inch oh no this is a this is a half inch i'm talking about for yeah. for lug nuts well, on my half race car half inch doesn't matter half inch but, Milwaukee uh, is i'm it telling powered? you the new one yeah the new one is you got to try the brushless you got to try the brushless that's uh, what this is no, okay yeah. but the new the one that has the most power is the um that German brand what is it hector and uh, hp no 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 what is it we run it we Bosch? run it no, 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 not Bosch. And it's not, it's bet, it was better than any of the new Snap on shit. It was uh, Snap on HMP. Like, no, no, not HMP. What is if it? You're gonna do Hector, a, no, no. If you do a commercial, you should remember the name of the product. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Damn I'm straight. telling you, this brushless yeah. one, we use it on all our, you know, the race cars at the track, drag racing, you know, to, uh, to take those slicks out. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, this but impact. Yet you still We've can't done it on head bolts. <laughs> hey, smaller than a half inch. Yeah. What, a three eighths? That's I don't know, most down. of the lug rod shit we do yeah. is half inch. Yeah, it's quarter, so, three Hey, I'm telling you, I got a three eighth. That's as strong as any half inch impact a, on an electric. And I'll tell you the brand. is It's a it phenomenal. All right. Yeah, Super. no, no, I'll get you no, the yeah. exact. We run it. I, I don't use anything else. I'm telling you, I've tried them all. This is the best. Super. Yeah. I'll, I'll Except you can't one. remember it. Light, <laughs> no, it's lightweight. Well, yeah, I don't want to remember it for the podcast You'd be sponsored anyway. by them at this point yeah, if you exactly, remember the name. exactly. No shit. So it's all insider information. Unless you call in, you hear me. Unless you call in, so you don't I, get it. The old, the old Milwaukee's we used to use down at uh, you know for, when I was working for Skip Barber, we'd change tires you know all day long. It seemed like, and uh, um, they were they were decent, but you, and you run them all the way down, they were torqued exactly right, so they'd only go like hundred foot pounds of torque. And come breaking off, you had to break them by hand and then pull them off. But the new Milwaukee's are like you know three times as powerful. They rip anything off, pretty good. They're pretty good, but they're like five hundred. Is bucks. it brushless? Yeah, it is brushless. Okay, yeah, yeah brushless system is phenomenal. Yeah. 
I bought this this uh, drone for this race because I had this guy kind of filming us. You know, he's a buddy of mine that does filming. And, uh, and is this it was a workhorse like, drone? It was like seven hundred bucks. In a yeah, it's a workhorse, and it's called the Mavic. Oh, Pro. Mavic! Oh, that's a and different it brand. It was tiny, and it's like it did, and it's got a gimbal. It was the most. I mean, it's so easy to fly. It does such it good footage. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And you can put it on the race car, and it follows the race car. I mean, yeah. It's unbelievable. Nice. Comes back auto- so automatically and lands. Whoa! I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, and I got. I mean, I'm not a. Drone What's that guy. whole kit cost? Dude, I think it was seven seven hundred and twenty wow. bucks or something. And then I bought an extra battery. What was the name of the company? Mavic Pro Two. I think it's made by. Stock. DGI. I gotta look nice. Really stock, great, I'm great machine. I mean, you can lock it on yourself, and the thing will follow you around the track. And once it gets to half battery life, it just goes home and lands nice. by itself. I mean, if you, you you get the thing in the air, you walk away and have a beer for a few minutes, it's still, it just hovers. I mean, it's really. It just, it's wow. like in dummy mode. It's ridiculous. How long does the battery last for? Twenty five minutes, twenty minutes, something like that. Ah. And it'll go eight miles, I think. Yeah, and it'll go fifty, mi- 50 miles an hour. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so, it's great. Yeah. So, like for starts of a race or you know whatever, it's yeah, pretty so cool. Yeah. So, what are you? Is it come and land in your car? Twenty three minutes, you get a recharge? No, it has a you know basically GPS is itself wherever it's taking off from, and then it'll go up to a little bit less than halfway of what it could make, and, and it, it figures out and it goes back and lands itself it, wow. in your car. That's I mean, wherever great. it took off from a picnic table, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's yeah, butt. but if it landed in your car, that would no. be great. There's some footage, though, of like the <laughs> Lucerne race where this guy's like in, I mean, he's damn near in the car. He's right there, and they're going 100 miles an hour, so I don't, but he's got a tricked out homemade drone. Are you running more than one battery or what? No, I'm not talking spare? about me. I'm saying my No, I mean, I mean like, in your doom buggy, you run more than one battery? No, you try to be light. Okay. All right. So anyhow, I don't know how the hell we started talking about drones, but I left for a second. I put Wade in charge, and we're talking about goddamn toys, which are excellent, by the way. Race tracking devices. Yeah, shit. We were talking to Sean here, and Sean, um, I hope to have you back on our show next time you're back. Um, boy, we haven't even scratched the surface. I have so many questions as far as what's going on out there in the race world, and, you know, tire compositions, what you do, and, you know... Uh, uh, right now, the Isle of Man's going on, and uh, Wade was just mentioning a few of them boys ended up uh, doing really, really well. Right, Wade? All the winners did really good. Yeah, well, everyone's <laughs> out there, and thank God we haven't had too many fatalities this year. A couple, one, uh, one, one, so uh, one. Uh, yeah, anyhow, every, everyone's too many. But uh, what happened with Harrison on the first race? Uh, he, yeah. got the, he got the hottest lap, and then his bike broke down. Is that what happened on the first day? Because he, like he, he, he got like 135 yeah. on the first lap, which is a stop start, too. So, I mean, he like, you know, kicked his ass on the record, but then his bike crapped out. and Something happened. I didn't get the word on that for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're Oops. so little tightly wound. I mean, yeah, anything can happen. And some of those boys have had problems just because they're tightly wound. I mean, that's the thing about the uh, more you squeeze something, the, the the more it's under tolerance. And I'm sure, Sean, you can agree with that. I mean, I'm sure some of your, some of your bikes go pop and you have to use a B-bike and or go overnight and rebuild <laughs> that bucker. <laughs> So we have our motors built by Graves Motorsports, and we have not had a single one go pop. We've had some electronic problems, and we've had some crashes, but so far everything's proper. Yeah, they've handed us a product that was very usable and uh, very durable. Is this is is, is this this class that you're running? Is it everyone runs 600 uh, Yamahas, or is it everyone can run whatever they want? So there are some rules for the class. It's Moto America 600 Super Sport, so you have to run uh, 600 cylinder, 400. But but you can run a Yamaha or Honda or whatever. Okay, okay. Yes, and and there's some rules like okay, if you want to run a twin, you can be I think 
797. Right, right. 959. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But everyone... It's not like Moto2 where they all have to be from the same... Okay. Right, right. So there's some like motor package rules, but basically you can do what you want. Right. Yeah. It's 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 an unlimited cost. Roughly tuning, dyno tuning, thin head gasket... you get a little more compression out of them. Yeah, exactly. It's it's Squeezing. a very light build. All stock cams, okay. all stock motor. This is production class. All right, guys. Yes, yes. I'm gonna cut you out because we gotta go. You are. Uh, they got a they got a new uh new, new show after us. So, anyways, thank you very much, Mr. Sean Keen, Mr. Victor, Wade as usual, Mr. Armin, Mr. Milk Crate Brian, and Robbie Motor Tire Guy. And sorry, uh, Sergio came and went, but it would have been nice to hear about your latest uh, European trips, but. Uh, thank you, Mutiny Radio, for having us here. Thank you for listening to Racers Alley. And uh, next week, uh, we'll have a couple of folks in. Uh, Mr. Jen, Miss Jen Lovas is going to be talking about a tour business that she just started up. And uh, we're going to, I believe, have uh, Matt, who's a uh, superbike racer here, uh, uh, come on in. And uh, we'll go from there. Mr. Mason, actually, is a superbike racer coming on in. Uh, super motard, baby. Anyways, thank you uh, for listening to Racers Alley. And uh, we're going to have as a general submix and uh thank you milk crate brian for spinning the tunes cheers shit went crazy so then that was virginia tech and we went through that whole we went video, through the whole list. video yeah and some we forgot some we that's, forgot. How many that's how many it's it been is. since yeah. like we can even go we're, we don't have to go as far back as we did in the 1940s right 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 but if we go from columbine which is 99 to now Holy shit! Right. There's exponential like, growth. It, exponential yeah, growth. It's, it's like it, it's like a curve that starts to go up, and now it's just shooting up, and it seems like it just becomes it's like a Superman ride. And then you know, I the fact of the matter is just like why does it happen all the time? I'll tell you why. Because fucking Republicans so and Congress. This is so and, and the NRA terrorist group. So there are multiple factors. So this was us trying. This was Jonathan and I tried to explain, in our words, why. So I'll do it from myself. This is why I think that children in America are shooting up their schools. It starts, uh, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a two-pronged approach. It's one, parents are uh, lazy and not are not parenting. parenting their children anymore. And they're using media to help parent their children. Ah, so yeah, I agree with that So there's a, there's a two-pronged approach where these two things are coming together and parents can really pay attention to their children. It's the joke I have where what's the difference between a nanny and a mommy at the park? What? There's no difference. Everyone's on their cell phone. No one's paying That's attention a, to the children. Oh and the children could be dead right now. Jesus Nobody cares. Christ. Everyone's on their cell phone. That's Even the true. dogs have cell phones. Damn. Even the children have cell phones. Even the children are like, I don't want to go to the park. I just want to look at this thing on a screen. Okay. So we've got... And that's now, but those are the two things that are melding together. But then we've also got parents telling their children that they're perfect, special little angels, even when they're piles of dog shit. When they act horribly, instead of giving them the stink eye or when they scream on the bus, instead of taking them off the bus and saying, that is not the way you act in public, Mm -hmm. they just ignore it and keep looking at their phone. So... They're You're not engaging in the child. They're not engaging in the pairing, child. Like but said. then when they do engage in the child, they say, You're perfect. You're special. You're amazing. You're a snowflake. And they've got that coming from media, too. Anything you want, you can believe. You can achieve. You can do it. Everyone gets a participation pro- trophy. Everything's great. So, from this external thing of both parenting and the lack of, and media and the 
pervasiveness of that. You're being told you're special, you're wonderful, you're unique. And then you get in school and you get with real kids and you realize that humans are horrible. Kids are fucking brutal. Kids are brutal. They are brutal. I do not want to go back to my childhood. If you look funny, if you don't even do anything wrong, if you're too skinny, if you're too fat, if you're too tall, if you're too tall, if you're too short, if you're anything, if you're not invisible then you're and people they will pick on you because they get together with group mentality because they don't understand social relations because they're being taught by screens which are not teaching them anything and they're being they're not being actually disciplined or there's nothing everything they want they get they get it I want to you're in the you're in the store I want a candy bar I was in the aisle and there was a girl screaming about I'm like what the fuck don't you get no candy. When you scream in the motherfucking store, you get nothing. You don't get rewarded for negative behavior. Fuck you. And there's like four adults and they're all just like catering this to this child. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Okay. So there's all that happening. But then they get in school. They get in school and then they realize that people are horrible people. And they get angry and they don't understand. And they're like, fuck it. And they just want to kill everybody. So And... Guns are easy and they're available and they've been watching all this media and what's been on the media. That kid was disenfranchised and he went and shot up the school and people are like, I get it. So we're, we're responsible for making this happen. I I wish the electricity would go out so we could not have, we shouldn't let children consume. We shouldn't let anyone consume that much media as much as we do. But now I'm, told that I'm crazy because I don't consume media. So it's like, and you people say, well, I, nothing will work unless well, you start here's, consuming media. Well, here's here's what happens uh, when you consume media and you use Facebook as your personal fucking diary every day. You know what happened with the whole Facebook thing. Now it's oh. nothing. Now it's going, everyone's moving away from Facebook. Well, yeah, you know, because they sold um, uh, some our uh, data to uh, the people to the Russians that helped with the election. Look that shit up. They sold our Facebook data to Russians, or That's to or, or to uh, it was to this group in the UK that worked. I think along with the Russians. I could be wrong. I think I might be saying the story wrong, but basically, we're just um, putting it in Facebook Russia and we're seeing what comes out. Oh, lots of something. Facebook exit hints at dissent on handling Russian trolls. What does that even mean? Facebook exit hints at dissent on handling of Russian trolls, meaning the way the Russian trolls were handled, they dissented that there, there's a little, ooh, this is very confusing. That's like a double negative in its own thing. Look up uh, Cambridge Analytical Scandals Explains Facebook Trump Russia WikiLeaks. This is from Vox. Vox or Vox? Vox, V-O-X, meaning Latin for voice. Cambridge Analytica and its many scandals explained. The firm has close ties to Steve Bannon. Steve, 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 Steve Bannon, man. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. (laughs) We have that song. We can play that. Worked for the Trump campaign and is now in some hot water. Because... Facebook sold our data for millions of, uh, like, I think, uh, yeah, millions of dollars. And I think it was over 50 million users 
to help swing the election because since Facebook knows who you are, they know what you like. They, they know. know your political, you know, right. they know that I'm a communist. Good. Yeah. And they're going to find me Cambridge, Cambridge Analytica, a political consulting firm that did digital work for Donald Trump's presidential campaign in 2016 has close ties to Steve Bannon and GOP mega donor Robert Mercer is in hot water after several recent reports have raised ethical and potentially legal questions about its business practices. The New York Times and Observer reported last week that Cambridge obtained private Facebook data, specifically information on tens of millions of Facebook profiles from an outside researcher who provided it to them in violation of his own agreement with Facebook. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Channel 4 News in the UK has posted video in which Cambridge CEO Alexander Nix said his firm conducts dirty tricks such as trying to tape its candidates' opponents accepting purported bribes or sending some girls around the opposing candidate's house. As the, as a result of these reports, Cambridge announced Tuesday afternoon it would suspend Nix pending an inv- investigation. Even before all this, though, Cambridge was under scrutiny in special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, both because Nix contacted Julian Assange of WikiLeaks that summer to discuss hacked Democratic emails and because of a broader question about whether Trump's digital operation collaborated with Russia in some way. And while all this has been going on, there's also been a heated debate in the political world about just what in the world Cambridge Analytica even does and whether it's useful. Are they an ingenious, sinister operation that harnessed big data to power Donald Trump to victory? Or are they, as many who've worked with them claim, sort of a joke or something in between? Before there was Cambridge Analytica, there was Strategic Communications Laboratories Group, SLC Group for short, founded in 93 by a British ad man named Nigel Oakes. It is basically a messaging and PR firm that's done work for governments, politicians, and militaries around the world. Its clients included governments and politicians in Indonesia, Thailand, Kenya, the UK, and elsewhere. Uh, psychographic profiling. Here we go. SLC tends to describe its capabilities in grandiose and somewhat unsettling language. The company has touted its expertise at psychological warfare and influence operations. Mm -hmm. It's long claimed that its sophisticated understanding of human psychology helps its targets and and persuades people of its clients' preferred message. Lately, its preferred buzzwords have focused on big data and psychographic profiling. (laughs) Yet articles from the Wall Street Journal and Independent on SLC's work circa 99 and 2000 describes what sound like relatively standard political messaging and PR work for the Thai and Indonesian regimes, along with a penchant for secrecy and ethically questionable activities. Uh, Placing TV, it's blah, 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 blah. But, but I want to hear about Russia. Uh, GOP. Here we go. We got some GOP stuff. Uh, the Mercers agreed to provide $15 million for this project to do so. This project was called Ocean. Openness, consciousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. <laughs> you can take the test here. <laughs> 